Let's speak to someone who knows a lot about apprenticeships. Nicholas Wyman is CEO of the WPC Group. They employ approximately 500 apprentices and trainees around Australia. And Nicholas was an apprentice in the 1980s. Nicholas, good afternoon. How are you going? So if the government, a Labor government, a Labor Party were to win government and mandated 10% of every big government job, apprentices, could that work? Well, I think uh, we really need to talk about this idea of why would an employer want to take someone on? And sure, there's one way with the stick, which is to mandate, or you mentioned rules before. The other way is to say to employers, well, you know, we, we live in this age of technological change and globalisation. I think that astute employers get it, that they need to have a skilled labour pipeline and apprenticeships are, are a tried and true method for bringing people into their businesses. So I'm not necessarily sure if government dictating to employers and saying you will or you must uh, employ 10%, because it sort of throws up quite a few issues about how that's going to be sustainable. As you'd know, a lot of building sites the, the jobs certainly aren't going to go for four years. So detail is yet to come. But I'd say, well, what's going to happen to those apprentices once their phase of that particular building project moves on? I mean, how do we make sure that we don't see employers employing apprentices for the wrong reasons? And then as soon as they've got the contract, they let these young people go. That's not going to be sustainable in the long term. That's one of the problems we have at the moment, isn't it? There's so many people start an apprenticeship, yet so many people don't finish. I mean, that's a significant issue, isn't it? Well, look, I think it's, it's a challenge not only for Australia and yeah, uh, yeah. some of my work and research takes me around the whole world. And what a lot of young people are missing is what I'd call real world workplace skills. So this is showing up on time, working with others and having some options and understanding what is it that you really want to do. So any program that allows young people to at least see what's out there before making a commitment to an apprenticeship, some apprenticeships are three years, some are four years, uh, some in aeronautical engineering are five years. It's a long commitment and I think people really got to know what they're getting themselves in for and, uh, and how rewarding it can be. Can governments do much about apprenticeships and internships or do we just need to find better ways of sticking the young person in front of the potential wow. trainer or employer? There, there's no question that government or governments at a state level or a, a federal level have got to be involved in the conversation. But I think it's really about governments creating an environment for employers to want to employ. How do they do that? Well, they need to make it easy for employers to access apprenticeship systems, I think, is really critical. And I think that, you know, you're talking about the PATH program. We've been working with a program called City New Recruits, which has been um, probably similar to the PATH program. This is giving young people a, a four to five week, as it were, try before you buy experiential learning opportunity. And it's basically giving young people an opportunity to pick up some of these real world skills, engage with employers and understand, you know, what am I getting myself into? And I think that, you know, that it really is uh, of critical importance that we get as many young people engaged while still at high school or people who have missed the boat, finished high school, haven't made that transition from school to work. We need to get them engaged because, you know, quite frankly, we're running out of taxpayers in the country. We need to find what young people are passionate about. So it really is, you know, for government really promoting partnerships. So I think looking at partnerships between educators, between schools, between communities. So there is no one simple fix, but apprenticeships are alive and well. And uh, can, although can the I numbers... Can I ask about... Yeah. Um, I think you know a fair bit about apprenticeships in places like 
Britain and the US, they, they have seen a recent increase in apprenticeships and we've seen a recent decrease. I just wonder if we can learn from overseas. Well, I think there's plenty of sharing going on all around the world um, and there's been some really good international apprenticeship forums. There was actually one in um, South Australia last week where people were talking um, at the OECD about best practice. But the UK has set some very ambitious targets. They uh, want to have 3 million apprentices by 2020. But they're having a different conversation to engage their contractors and employers. In that country, the employers are not being told 10% or there's a percentage you will employ. They say they have to say how they're going to contribute as opposed to mandate. If you switch across to the US, one of the big differences between um, Australia and, uh, and, and the US with apprenticeships, that apprenticeships in the US have pretty much 80% have been in building construction. Uh, a lot of those, about 80,000 apprenticeships of the 450,000 in the US are in the military. But if you look at where the action is and where the growth is in the US, it's very much in new and emerging industries, and that's something I really wanted to touch on with you. I'm interested in new and emerging technologies, and that's, to be honest the words that both sides of politics use, do you think that either of the major parties fundamentally understand how to get apprenticeships going in the newer industries? Well, I think it's fair to say that uh, any sensible person in this country can see that apprenticeships have served well and the model is continually adapting and evolving. And I must say, I do like um, in the one thing I, I should say about the UK is there is bipartisan support that workplace-based learning works. And I don't think we need to constantly have these debates about saying, well, let's change apprenticeships here, let's change apprenticeships there. Um, the fact is that um, a lot of the successful models, uh, there's a model in Australia called group training, which is an employer-led model where um, you know employers work together with uh, an ind independent intermediary. Mm -hmm. um, these are the programs that are actually successful and they're actually working. So you I always say to employers, out of it. yeah, I say to employers, hey, take a long-range view to skills development. I think that it's really important that government also takes a long-range view. And coming back to to something I mentioned earlier, it's really important that there is easy access to employers because without employers of course there's not going to be apprenticeships for young people to move into and that's going to have disastrous effects on the economy so we've just got to keep looking at you know traditional trades are building construction now the caller the first caller you had was talking about the traditional trades but let's not forget about new and emerging it cyber medical technology there's some really exciting opportunities that a lot of employers are starting to look into and saying well how can we bring people into our businesses nicholas wyman is with me from the wpc group it's 21 minutes past five